Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, a game that probably shouldn't have gone ahead, it really shouldn't have gone ahead, it ended nil-nil between Chelsea and Wolverhampton Wanderers and we're going to break it down for you. Now here are your hosts all the way from the UK. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod, I'm your host Mikey and in which a weekend in which we saw multiple games called off, frustrations were tweeted and much more will be covered uh, in this episode, I'm sure of it. Um, well, as you know, a week ago, we had Courtney step in for birth because he was uh, not uh, able to fulfil his duty and he's been benched again. I mean, Courtney's got a first team start. She's back. Chris's uh, birth, sorry, is feeling a bit under the weather, so we wish him the best. But yeah, she's back on. Uh, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Um, I'm slightly poorly, but I'm going to do Jorginho and play through the pain, so it's all good. And of course, we have Chris. Chris, how are you doing Monday? Uh, I'm OK, actually. Um... Yeah, I'm not ill, so I mean that's a bonus. <laughs> One of three of us isn't Will. Up oh, to be fair, mine I've got over my fatigue from my booster side effects. It's so much fun when you're just sitting there, sat on with a blanket on your lap, and you're like, uh, <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, try, try, I tried to man through it, failed, but you know. Um, talking of trying to get through it, Chelsea—they headed to Wolverhampton, as we know. Fourteen members of their squad came along. Uh, we took on Wolves. Not show any sign of running out. Alonso to Pulisic. What a save that is. Chelsea moving through the gears. Pulisic bearing down on goal. And Jose Sarr standing firm. Wolves nil, Chelsea nil. And as you can tell from that, there wasn't much of a highlight from that game, apart from an offside call. Uh, the result itself is actually, considering the circumstances, a positive one, I suppose. Um, now, talking of positives, there were a lot of positive COVID tests within our squad. I believe seven at the time of kickoff. Yet our request to postpone this game was rejected. It's the big talking point, especially when other teams who only had three positives had theirs called off. I was and still am pretty pissed off about this. Uh, how did you both feel that this game went ahead? I honestly thought it was a joke because um, I'd just finished playing football in the morning and then checked to see whether the game was still on and seen that our uh, request to have it postponed had been rejected. And it seems to me like we was almost punished for trying to get the game on. Because they've said that they use this excuse that if you've got 14 fit players, including a goalkeeper, you should be playing. But they didn't use that rule on any of the other teams. So that, that they basically just made that up. Um, and then I heard as well that it was rejected because we kept our training ground open. Hmm. Where... Man United had closed their training ground, so that's why they could have their game called off. So we're being punished for trying to keep our team going. And then when we figured out that we just couldn't, they've gone, well, yeah, but you, did, you didn't close the training ground, so you've got to play. I, I thought it was ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go into my little rant, but Courtney, what did you think about this? Uh, pretty much the same. I, I, I couldn't believe it either. I really, really thought, I thought, look, at the end of the day, yeah, okay, it's well do documented that we've got a bags of riches as a as a squad, really. But still, when you look at who we had at our disposal, it was nowhere near a squad that we would normally put out. And um, yeah, I think there's a 
I think there's a couple of uh, City and Liverpool supporters in the Premier uh, League board for sure because um, yeah, it was it, it's it's playing in their favour, isn't it? You know that okay, Liverpool missing Van Dijk, but when you've got a front three like theirs, it doesn't really matter. And um, yeah, I just, I'm I was shocked. I, I was shocked. It, do, it does seem like if we hadn't have asked, then maybe it was uh, it would have been called off. And then because we asked, it wasn't called off. But then you you're waiting to see whether they make the decision before you or not. So it just whoever whoever jumps first, I guess. It, 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 I, I expected us to get walked over. I didn't think the squad would be as strong as it kind of was when it was set out, but. It's just mad. It, it, you know, when you look at the, it, I said about the integrity of the competition. I know fans could, some fans of rival clubs would say, well, you're going to say that. Yes, but no. I mean, Liverpool had obviously Fabinho and Van Dijk out. That's important for them. But they still had other major players in their squad that were clearly on that top class level. We had a, a huge obliteration with these tests. And it, you know, I know you could say, well, it swings around about, so might, it might occur the other way around. But it wouldn't be fair if Liverpool took us on or City took us on and they had half of their squad out with positive tests. I wouldn't feel that would be fair because if we won, yeah, we, a win's a win. And I get that attitude from fans, but it's still a hollow win. You haven't really, it wasn't the best versus the best. And I know they say about, well, injuries happen. Injuries aren't a virus. It's such yeah. a different circumstance. You can't compare that when Kante and Kovacic were out with their respective injuries. That's not the same as having four to seven, obviously, that we had out through a virus positive. It's such a different. We're in a we're in a time now where there it's a completely different situation. We have to deal with it on a not just professional but also common sense. I mean, yeah, you, I you're you're also technically responsibility wise. You've had Chelsea, the squad, travel up from London into Wolverhampton, potentially then. You know, spreading about potentially. You know, I know it's it's out there anyway. We all know that, but that's the point. You're also then on a responsible level. I don't know. I just don't get how the Premier League can reject that, especially when they've they've set a precedent with the other teams. What I didn't understand as well, though, is they're saying we had 14 fit players, but we argued that Kante and Kovacic wasn't fit. They hmm. they are. They are fit in terms of they they could play, but they shouldn't be playing really. And they're always on about protecting players, but th there was no protecting of the players there. You know, Kante was forced to play 90 minutes in that game mm -hmm. when he probably shouldn't have been. Um, and you don't know what that's gonna how that's gonna affect him long term. Uh, Kovacic the same. You know, he only played a, a a minor part, but was he ready to play any part? He's been out for so long. Um, I just, uh, I do agree with you about the integrity of the competition thing. I think if you're, if you've got teams, it's it's not as bad for Chelsea, but they've set a precedent now that you're going to be saying to teams like Burnley, if you've got 14 fit players, you have to play. But if they lose, if they lose five or six of their best players to COVID, their team would be terrible. So it's it's not going to be a fair competition. And I think the the thing they don't take into account with COVID either is these players, some of them are missing the game because they're told legally they're not allowed to go. It, it, they might not even be feeling unwell. Mm. You know, if, they're, if they're asymptomatic, they might not even be unwell. So normally they would play, but the government are telling them that they're not allowed to leave the house. So it's not like it's their choice and it's not the club's choice to leave them out. No, they're doing it. They're literally abiding by the law that's set out in the UK. Yeah. 
So I think there needs to be a more lenient view on it, or there needs to be the view that they've took now. I, I haven't got a problem with the view they've took on us, if that's going to be how it is for everyone going forward. But you can't say that to us and then have Liverpool and Man City, for example, have their games called off as soon as Salah gets COVID. Yeah. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, what's interesting as well, I know it's it's a bit of like, oh, you're having a whinge, but when we play Villa, if it's to go ahead, most likely we'll on Boxing Day, we'll have played three games and Villa will have played none in the same space of time. Exactly. And right. That that you can't tell me that's not. You can go. Oh, you've got money. That's not. That's an advantage because I, you you he's going to be. We're we're on bare bones as it is. I mean, I saw tonight that we've got uh, academy development squad players stepping up in training, which is great. We've got a great academy, but as we all know, it's. I can't remember. Liverpool set out a squad, didn't they, when they took on in the FA Cup and they got was it Villa and they got beaten yeah. by. Yeah. 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 And it's all. You know, it's not the same. It's just, it's really frustrating. And it's coming across to me like it's all about the money. That's where it's come. Because there's now talk that the reason they, they want this week to go ahead and Boxing Day is because they think that the government will put it behind closed doors next month. It could or yeah. what. It's loads of what ifs. And you think you're screaming money here. And, um, you know, you say the fans are important. And the, we, you said it, Chris, the players' safety and health is important. It kind of doesn't come across that way. It's easy to say one thing, but your actions speak loud. And right now, they're not. They're saying one thing completely different. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah. Um, on the game though, uh, it's been difficult lately watching us play. But I think you know we need some positive vibes. Thiago Silva, he does spark some joy, you know. And especially, I loved his and Rudiger's reaction to Alonso's defending. <laughs> when um, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. I, I love Thiago Silva. He's a very young thirty-eight. Uh, well, what did you make of Thiago Silva calling in that game? Uh, I just thought, well, he's he's just he's timeless, you know. Like the guy doesn't seem to age, um, despite not having the pace and whatever some other defenders. He's got the know-how and the wisdom that others don't have, and he makes up for it in abundance, definitely. Um, well, saying all these good things about Thiago Silva, unfortunately, Alonso can be said the complete opposite. I just think he's just not good enough anymore. Like he's not, he's not good enough to be in a Premier League challenging team, and I don't want to talk bad about players because at the end of the day they're all they're all human beings and they all play for Chelsea and you know I support them all, but it's hard to watch it week week on week, and it's just letting us down constantly. And the same as I listened to obviously the pod uh, on um, Friday when you guys were um, saying about Sal and. Again, it's the same. He's just not just not good enough. He's not good enough. Alonso's not good enough. And then even like recently, I was speaking to Becky and we were just going through like our first team and we were just saying, out of them players, who would Liverpool or Man City have in their first team? And you know what? Like I can name only a few. Like maybe Mount would make a would make an appearance in the first eleven, maybe Targa Silva, maybe Mendy on his current form, maybe Rude got his current form. Everyone Def- else. Yeah, definitely Mendy looking at Alisson's performances recently. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, maybe Chilwell and James. But then you're looking at, like, we say, we say it all the time, but it's true about our attacking and our midfielders. But it's true. They wouldn't even, like, Lukaku on, the, on his current form wouldn't even make, mm. you know, he wouldn't even make a championship team. You know, it's it's really, really poor. And that's why it's quite simply the title race is over, in my eyes, it is. And I want to, I want to be positive, and I want to say, oh no, it's not over yet. But yeah. I could just see it. I've seen it too many seasons, and I could just see it that we're just so far behind in skill level. Kobe's not helping, obviously, but 
in skill level and stuff like that, we're just, we're just nowhere near. Absolutely. No, it's mad as well, because Alonso, like we said only a couple of episodes ago and in the last episode, we thought, could Chilwell dislodge him? It's it's one of them. We know Alonso's great and he has that run of form and then he'll completely drop off. It's, it is one of those things with him and he'll, he'll probably head off to the Serie A at some point, I expect, at some certain time. Um, well, I mean, like I said, Thiago Silva, he's one of them players that, who you just look at as an example of how to defend. You know, he's got that movement, his decision-making, reading of the game. It's just exemplary. It really is, and it shows the experience. You know, I watch him, and he's. you see players crack under pressure a lot. He's the calmest man on the pitch, mm-hmm. and we are so blessed to have him. Um, Chris, what, what, what do you make of Silva? So, he's so consistent as well. I think Thiago Silva's the best defender we've had since John Terry. Yeah, he's, yeah, I agree. Agreed. He's, agreed, definitely. He's the... He's the proper textbook centre-back, I think. He may not have the pace in his legs, but he's always two moves ahead of the attacker, so it doesn't matter. Because every time I see someone playing a ball into an area where you think, oh, he could be in trouble here, he's already there. It's like he's it's like he's controlling the opposition and he gets them to pass it where he wants them to and then he just picks it up. You know, he's playing against... I mean, Adama, they brought Adama Traore on, and I, you'd think Silva could be in trouble here, and nothing seems to phase him. I haven't seen him come up against one player yet, probably aside from West Brom, hmm. where he's, he's actually been, he's actually looked troubled by, by an attacker. He, he, he reads the game so well that he's always in the right place, and I think he, he is also brilliant organising other people around him to make sure that he has the least amount of work to do as he can, which sounds like he's shirking responsibility, but it's actually really good defending. He he puts the other defenders in better positions so he doesn't have to do as much, and that's invaluable really, especially with young players like Chalaba. He'll learn so much from Silva about how to defend, because Silva's another one of them defenders where it's so rare that you see him go into ground because he doesn't need to, because he's always there in time to make a, a better challenge than that. And I think as well, I think his, his passing is really underrated. He, he, can, he can control a game from the back almost. He, he sets a tempo from the back and those long balls that he plays, those diagonal passes are incredible. And if we had, like Courtney just said, if we had a better attack, he would be unlocking so many more doors because he finds people in good positions all the time and then they tend to mess it up. So no one ever really talks about it after that. But that's not his fault. And I, I just think he could be one of our best transfers of the of the, the Roman era, definitely. Yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding. I mean, I watched him at Milan and I loved what the player he was. And obviously he went to PSG and he became the player he is. And he does have that, you know, I'm an NFL person you know how much i love the sport he has that quarterback figure he can spray that long ball he he's got the accuracy as well amazing it's almost like similar not they're not they're both brazilian players both amazing on their day but david luis he had that quarterback ability with picking out passes yeah. we know what else he also had calamity and all that but still um overall it, it was a valiant effort defensively you know we got the clean sheet uh, which is you we were, that was the norm for us but recently not so much um the shortage in attack though oh man that that's so it's you know Pulisic 
he played in that false nine. Now, I'm not going to scapegoat him. You know, he got little to no service, especially quality. I think that's the key there, the quality service in the box. And, you know, he had three players on him most of the time, which you can understand with Wolves, they're going to do that. Uh, but he still managed to have our best chance that didn't go in. And the keeper, you could say, Saar made a good save. I think my issue, other than people trying to sort of scapegoat him for the problems against Wolves, is that he was played out of position. You know, play him on a wing. You know, you could play him in a forward position from, from midfield, I suppose. But his skill set is built for being on the wing. You know, he needs that room and use the space. He can't, he's not going to play as a false nine and be an all-time goal-scoring, prolific forward, is he? I don't know what you thought. No, I agree. I th- the, my only, I agree with everything you just said about him. I think he is being scapegoated, scapegoated a little bit, which is a bit unfair because he's not, he's not, a, he's not, he's definitely not a traditional number nine, and no. I don't think he's really got the skill set either for being a false nine because I don't think his movement's clever enough, and I don't mm. think the areas he takes up is clever enough. Um, my my only problem with him in that position is there are still times where we get the ball to him and he and he faces defenders up. And his main attribute is going past players. And he seems to have stopped doing that. He's He's gone very safe, I think. I don't know whether it's not trusting his body or whether it's just a lack of confidence. I, every time he gets the ball, he seems like he just wants to pass it off to someone. Um, and I think the chance he had was an excellent save. You have to give the goalkeeper credit. It really was an excellent save. But it did sum up. A major problem in our attack that none of our attackers seem to notice the the least obvious option. Now, all attack all attacking players are taught as as kids and to be honest with you, throughout their life really that always hit the ball across the goalkeeper. That's what you're always told: hit the ball across the keeper. I personally don't agree with that because if the goalkeeper leaves you the near post open, why am I hitting it across him? And if you look at the Pulisic chance. The goalkeeper gives him the near post and all he's got to do is slide it in to that near post. But he does the he does the textbook thing of hit the ball across the keeper and it allows him the opportunity to make the save. That's my only problem. And it's not just him. It's everyone. Mason Mount had one against Everton where he managed to hit Pickford because, again, he's trying to do the textbook thing when he could just smash it down the middle. If he puts any height on it, it's going in. Um, I just think all our, all our attacking players seem to be too textbook. You can see that they've all been coached in how to do it whereas none of them i don't think we have any instinctive players in the penalty box who finish out the ordinary and i think that's what we really lack mm. uh, i mean pure six what, what were your thoughts on is is uh his game in general courtney um i think he's not from the lack of trying um i feel like and you can see the frustration on his face do you know what i mean he's he's wanting to do well and um I think like what you guys were saying, he's not being played in the right position. That's not his that's not his actual position. That's not what he's used to. Um and I really that the great point you made about um that he's not taking on players anymore. Like I totally agree. Um it feels like he just don't seem to be that player. Like I remember I think it was against Crystal Palace, uh maybe last season it was, and literally yeah. he was just insane. I was like, here we go. This is like he's almost like hazard esque. And the way he was taking on players, and I was like, oh my god, this is we've got such a good player on our hands here. Then obviously he gets injured. Then he then he then he scores against Arsenal in the FA Cup, gets injured. Then uh, then it's 
like I feel like he's stop start all the time and I do feel like he's being scapegoated because he's being now chucked in the first team and like being given the position that he's not even used to and saying right okay go and do that now and you're right he wasn't getting any service whatsoever and it was you, you can only you can only do so much with what you're getting you know like he's um it's it's difficult because like I said he's he's trying it's not from a lack of trying and he's trying to get in the, in the good positions and that that shot yeah it was it was one of them where if he just hits it in the near post it's in and it's and for us sitting at home it's easy to see that and think that but I feel like at the moment he's just got such a lack of confidence in himself and in his body that he is just trying to safe option all the time not taking on players not not shooting where you can see the gaps just always Always any, and it's almost like as well, he's not in his head. You can see he's rushing things, like he's not taking his time to think, you know, where to place a shot or whatever. He's just snapshotting at it. And it's just, yeah. and, it, and that, I think that comes from like confidence as well. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah, yeah, totally. He, he's not getting in a positions anymore and thinking, okay, right, this is what I'm going to do now. It's like, oh, I'm in a position, what do I do? What do I do? And then it's just too late, it's done. Either he's been tackled or it's, or it's really poor shot. And it's and it's an easy save. That's all I feel like I'm seeing at the moment from him, which is a shame because he looked really, really promising. Hundred mm. percent. Oh, I remember what he was like in the FA Cup final when he he carried on and he, he was injured when he did it as well, and he tried to get the shot away, which might not have done him good in the long term. But were you? I mean, we set up in that Christmas tree formation of three four two one. Were you surprised not to see mounting that false nine role sort of and Pulisic in the mount role on that right side? Or is that just it? Just wouldn't work for Mount. I'm not sure. I thought it might have been better, but I I think Mason Mount might be, might have been a better option there because I think Mason Mount's movement is more clever. If you look at Mount now, I think the reason why his numbers have gone up so much this season in compared to last season is he he's making more threatening movements now in behind defenders, which means he's finding himself in better positions. It sounds really simple but it's what Liverpool do it's what Man City do and it's what most of our other attackers don't do you know and Mason Mount this season to be fair he, he's doing it and that's why I think his numbers are so impressive this season he's making runs off the back of defenders where yeah he doesn't always receive the ball but at least he's always asking the question and then a lot of the times is when you make that movement off the back of defenders, if the pass goes out, say, to the other side, when that first ball comes in, you find yourself in a better position because of that first movement that you made. And I think he should be a real example to our other attacking players about how to attack the box because he has got so much better at that over the, mainly over the last couple of months, I would say. I think at the start of the season, I think I, I, think I was criticising him again for not getting in the box enough. And he seems to someone must have told him the same thing because he seems to have took it on board that he needs to get into goal scoring positions if you're going to play in the position that he does regardless of anything else you do you're always going to be judged on numbers rightly or wrongly that's just that's the world we live in now and he is making really intelligent runs now in behind and he almost made a couple of goals against Wolves with those sort of movements so I do think he probably is better suited because I just think he's more intelligent whereas I think Pulisic is more of a get the ball and dribble kind of player and that's that's really it in terms of he wants the ball in a wide area where he can get 1v1 against players mm. yeah this is old Pulisic I'm talking about not the one now but yeah, yeah. hopefully get back to that I just think with Pulisic though 
I don't think we should give up on him because we've seen it before that it, the ability is in there. I think he needs the season away on loan. I think I know everyone sort of a running joke about Chelsea and players out on loan, but I do think he needs it. I think he needs to go somewhere, be a first team player in the team week in, week out, get his confidence back. And then I think we, we could have that player back again. But I, I do think he needs that loan away. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty fair. I'm I'm going to leave the final words for Courtney on this one. What what, what were you thinking on maybe Pulisic's future and mounting a potential false nine if we have to get to that stage again? Um, well, obviously, we've not known about uh, Havertz as well, if he's still going to be ill as well, and Lukaku and Werner. We're not really left with much options. So, And if I had to choose somebody, it probably would be Mount in that position. I feel like he's, his style of play suits that better than the rest. Um, like even just thinking now, it's just crazy the players that we've got out. We've even got Hudson Odoi out. You know, like our attacking players, we've literally left with like nothing. It's really, it's really is frustrating. But um, I, I, I want to stick with Pulisic. I do. I want, I want to see how he goes. And like you said, I've seen him, I've seen him play so well. And he, you don't turn into a bad player overnight, and you don't lose them skills. I just think. He needs to get his confidence back. Maybe a loan move is a good shout. I didn't even think of that. Maybe that is actually a really good shout. Uh, where he'd go, I'm not too sure. But um, maybe like the French league would be a good league for him to play in. Like suits the what his style of play, running at running at defenders. Maybe that'd be really really good. Maybe he could team up with Messi, but <laughs> maybe not. And then I want to I want to stick with him though. I want to see how he goes. I don't think we should give up on him just yet. Um, although. Saying that about Pulisic, I feel like some players as well are not pulling their weight or not what we expected when we first got them. So is he like recently? Okay, maybe he started having like some good performances, but in particular, like the, the Wolves game, I didn't know he was on the pitch until he got subbed off on 65 minutes. I didn't even know he was on the pitch. I didn't even see him once, and that just shows that I, he's just not getting involved with the game. I feel like. Not not lazy, but he's almost complacent. Like he's never like trying to get the ball. He's quite happy for the game just to pass him by. He's not he's not very good at pressing. I feel like he's just like a one trick pony where he's got a good a good ball with his left foot and that's it. Mm. And uh, and I feel like so it's really easy easy to play against as well because you know what he's going to do. He's always going to go onto his left always. Um, uh, but. Mount's numbers are really good this season, and I do think it's got a lot to do with like, um, was it about getting in better positions, definitely. But also, um, he can't carry the team by himself. I feel like there was that season, like oh, a few seasons ago, when we were really, really, really poor, and it seemed like the only good player we had was William. Yeah. And now it feels like that's like at the moment, but with Mount instead, and like Reece James is still playing well, but he's looked tired recently. Do you know what I mean? He's playing every single game, but um. I feel like we it's like deja vu again. I feel like we've just got Mount again, who's who's our top player, who we're trying to keep fit and hope that he plays every single game because we, we need him to play every position on the pitch if he needs to, you know? Mm. So No, yes, yeah, spot on. So yeah. we'll, just, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, just before we finish, though, can I just say, because as you know, I'm very rarely the positive person on the podcast. I know, but, I know that I'm starting to become that grumpy person now. I've noticed. I, I, I know I've turned you off. And off. <laughs> um, I actually, I could actually accept the result and the way that we played against Wolves. I, I, I've seen a lot of negativity on Twitter after. 
sung really over the top. Like I think people need to accept now that are we realistically in the total race? Probably not. But are we still within touching distance? Yeah, we're only six points behind City, which mm-hmm. with the way they're playing at the minute looks like a, a, a big ask to catch them. But yeah. we have still got to play them. And you don't know what's going to happen with them and COVID. They could be hit by it as well. So then they, they could lose form. You don't know what's going to happen. So we are still within touching distance. Are we realistically in the total race now? Probably not. But I think the players on Sunday do deserve some credit because it couldn't have been easy for them either. It couldn't have been an easy week. I, I can't imagine training has been fantastic over the past couple of days with so many players missing. Turning up to the game, not knowing whether it was going to be on or off. You don't know whether some of these players are concerned about getting COVID. So there might be that that mental side of it that they are a little bit unsure about what's going on. They might feel a bit unsafe around the place. So I think they do deserve some credit. And I think overall, we controlled the game really well. We didn't create anything really. One chance for Pulisic. So, but I've spoke about our attack enough. That's not. But I do think it, it seemed a bit more like us before the blip. We controlled the game really well. We didn't really, second half especially, we didn't really look like we were ever going to lose the game. And I think past few weeks, we've always looked like we could lose. So I think it was a a, a, a minor positive step in the right direction. But yeah. I, I just think as well, with Kante's performance, he was outstanding on Sunday. Um, mm. And Kovacic coming back. And then when these players come back from the COVID break, we, I, I'd like to think that it was a small turn of the corner at least. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a... Good, definitely. good note to end on. Um, hopefully, we'll be, we'll, we'll definitely do an episode, listeners, for before Christmas comes out. I don't think we'll be reviewing the Brentford game. We, we believe that's going ahead from what we've heard today from all the FA and the Premier League stuff, and that's it's not a surprise, is it? But um, we believe that will probably go ahead. They said if it's safe to do so. Now we can question that all all day long what they consider safe versus what is actually safe. But hey ho, um, I think I think we might do a worst eleven, do a little nice topic episode for. Christmas for everyone to listen to. So yeah, that'll be coming out later this week. Obviously, would love to thank um Courtney for stepping in for birth. First eleven, two solid appearances. Uh, well, what can you say when you've got two solid appearances under your belt? We're very, very grateful. Thank you so much. It's it's been absolutely a pleasure. I really enjoy it. I do. I do. It's good and natural, true natural. Um, till sometime this week. We'll we'll definitely put it on the, the Twitter when we're posting the episode. Probably be I think Thursday will probably go out because we'll record it Wednesday. So we'll see. You know, everyone's enjoying their Christmas. So we're, it's a bit of a mixed schedule this week. So, yeah, hopefully Wednesday evening or Thursday evening, we'll, we'll see what happens. So till then, listeners, that is us signing off.